Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> no, my watch is broken, too. With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. Look, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give them a show. Tonight, 8, 7 central on CBS. Sports Radio FNZ, it's the lunch hour on a Friday and a big one at that. We are awaiting a phone call from the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets, James Borrego. He is set to join us coming up here in just a couple of minutes. And we'll talk to him about, of course, what happened last night, the draft lottery, the basketball gods in favor of these Charlotte Hornets this go round. They get the third pick overall coming up in October. What will they do with it? And, of course, we'll get to the wider world of uh, Hornets basketball with him. And coming up just an hour from now, Gary Parrish, college basketball insider with CBSSports.com, also host of the Gary Parrish Show out in Memphis. You know, we, we talked some college hoops, or really uh, talked about these prospects with Coach Seth Greenberg a little while ago, but I specifically want to get with Gary about James Wiseman and, and what happened out there with him because I do get the sense that the Hornets are very interested in James Wiseman, as pretty much everybody in the top five is and will be, uh, given the fact that he's 7'1", 240, with a 7'6", wingspan, and a whole lot of potential. So we'll talk with Gary coming up in just about an hour. we got the Bailey bets for you as well. And while we wait on a call from Coach Borrego, I did want to mention this. If you haven't seen this story already, it came out late last night. Uh, the head coach of the Washington football team, former Carolina Panthers head coach Ron Rivera, has been diagnosed with cancer but plans to continue coaching, he told ESPN's Adam Schefter late yesterday. Rivera was reportedly diagnosed with, uh, I believe, a squamous cell carcinoma located in a lymph node. The team said in a statement, Rivera said the cancer is in the early stages and is considered, quote, very treatable and curable, end quote. He told his players about the diagnosis in a team meeting last night. As of now, he said, nothing changes with his job. And he said, quote, I'm planning to go on coaching. Doctors encouraged me to do it. They said, if you feel strongly, do it. Don't slow down. Do your physical activities. But everyone keeps telling me by week three or four, you'll, you'll start feeling it, end quote. Uh, according to the Mayo Clinic, as this article points out, uh, that, that particular form of cancer is a uh, form of skin cancer. Usually not life-threatening, but can spread throughout the body and cause serious complications. Rivera said he has a plan B in place, though he wasn't ready to divulge more information. Uh, his defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, has been obviously a head coach for a couple of teams, 
in the Jaguars and the Raiders. No one else on that staff has head coaching experience. Ron Rivera is 58 years old. He's consulted with a number of doctors and specialists and is establishing a treatment plan with the team with an outside specialist. And and joked yesterday, he said, uh, told his team that he might be a bit grumpier than usual, but uh, that he plans to continue coaching. So, you know, Ron's a, a friend of the show, and uh, we think very highly of Ron. Obviously, things ended uh, in a way that no one hoped they would. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean by that late last year, but Ron's a guy that we all admire and, and think highly of. So best of luck, well wishes, a lot of love and prayers from our show to the Rivera family after late after, after yesterday's news. Well, the good news last night, uh, d- difficult segue to make there is the, the, the Charlotte Hornets with the number three overall pick in October's NBA draft. Moving up for the first time in over 20 years. Good night to be a Hornets fan. Nobody knows that better than James Borrego, Hornets head coach. He is back with us on the Technicom hotline. Coach, congratulations, buddy. How are you? Yeah, thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it. Big night for us. Like you said, 21 years. And that's that's been a long time. But uh, we're excited. We're thrilled. Uh, obviously, we were excited before this. Um, but this just adds to uh, the momentum we have. Um Big night for us. I'm excited for Hornet fans to bring uh, another exciting player into the fold. Uh, we got another, you know, 30-second pick and a late second. So, uh, but last night was was huge. You know, we're, we've tried to do our part along the way. We got to work hard. We got to develop. We got to control what we can. But a lot of times, you you need a little luck to to fall your way, and uh, we had some of that last night. And now uh, we got to get to work. Before I even get to the pick and the draft. I think at this point, it's indisputable. Anything that Devontae Graham touches is improved, right? I mean, that's the way this whole thing works, Coach. I mean, I, I joke, but that kid should have been the most improved player, right? It had to have been. He is. In my in my book, you know, and I think in many people uh, throughout the league, he is the most improved player, uh, clearly. I mean, I, that that's what the award is. How he's not a finalist, I, I don't understand that. There's different standards for these awards and different reasons, you know, uh, different guys are selected. But in our minds, uh, he's unquestionably the, the most improved player from where he he was year one to year two, uh, basically playing G League minutes. Um, a number, you know, all those guys that are being considered as finalists for this award played heavy minutes, were drafted high um, in the league. And just to see where he's come from, extremely proud of him, his work. And, you know, he just seems like whatever he touches, you know, it's it's uh, turning to gold. And last night was a great example. So uh, we're honored that he, the way he represents us, and um, we're, we're really excited about his future. What are you looking for with the third overall pick? I mean, I, I, I hear everything. Every time we yeah. talk about drafts, we hear best player available, best player available. Is that the approach, or, or how do you approach trying to find the next best player for the Hornets? Yeah, I think that's the point we're at right now, Kyle. I do think that you have to you have to get the best player on the board. You know, wh- whoever that is, whatever position it is, if you want to call it talent, whatever it is, you got to get the best player on the board. Um, and obviously, we we have some areas that we have to address. We got a long way to go, um, but this opens up the more options for us. Whether you know it's drafting there, or you know who knows what's gonna who's going to be interested in that pick. But no matter what, you know, we just have more options right now. Uh, we do have to add to the talent pool. We, we know that. I think, you know, Mitch has continuously said it. 
uh, I believe it, you know, you just have to get the best player on the board no matter what. So um, that's what we're looking for. In the end, you, you have to have a difference maker, Kyle. You have to have that guy that just night in and night out can make a difference out there on the floor. And, um, you know, I believe we'll, we'll find that guy. How, how do you go about – and now, look, you, you watched film far differently than any of us ever could. So that that's why I'm interested. So if you're watching, you turn on the film of Obi Toppin at Dayton or Anthony Edwards at Georgia, right? You, we know we watch a lot of college basketball. But then you turn on tape of LaMelo Ball in Australia or Denny Avia over in the EuroLeague. How, how does that differ? What what do you take from that, say, from college basketball to those those international leagues? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we could we could be here all day, you know, digging through that. Um, you know, they're they're all different. They're playing at different levels, different competition, uh, different positions, different systems. You know, you you have to evaluate all that. There's guys playing a system that may not be our system, but they're thriving there. And would they would that would they thrive in our system? Do you know do do they do they value what we value? You know, is this the type of player that? Uh, is going to come into our system and impact it the way they may have in college or the international game. And that's really the beauty of this, of, of this profession and job is, is the guys that can evaluate and say, okay, will that translate to our level and how will it translate? The guys that are able to do that and understand and see where, where those skills and abilities will translate to me, those are the best evaluators and you know, I trust our group. They, they've done a heck of a job to this point, picking out the right players and um, obviously the skill set, but also the character piece. That's going to be a big part of this. Do they fit who we are? Because ultimately we do have to have talent, but we have to have the right people as well. We want both. And so it's an evaluation, you know, uh, of all of that. But it's going to be tricky. You know, Kyle, it's going to be tricky this year because uh, the college season was cut short. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one or two guys in there that, that got very limited minutes or time in the college game that are highly ranked. You got the international guys. You got to look at them. Will that, where their game and their abilities there translate to our NBA? That's going to be a question. And then the other wrench in all this is going to be, you know, can we get, can we get our hands on these guys? This, this is going to be a virtual, potential virtual combine. Can we get guys in-house to talk to them, to watch them, to evaluate them, to sit down and have dinner, lunch, breakfast with them, and really dig into their character and see what uh, what they're about? Those are valuable pieces of evaluation that we may or may not have. You know, let, let's hope we do. But if not, uh, our scouts have been on these guys for a number of years, not just this year. So there's a good database of information that we have that we'll, we'll rely on. And, you know, I believe we'll make the best pick for our organization. James Borrego, head basketball coach, Charlotte Hornets. He's with us on the Technicom hotline. I was talking to, the, uh, to Seth Greenberg about this earlier, and I'm just using these two guys as an example. But uh, Anthony Edwards is 19 years old. Obi Toppin is ancient at 22, according to some people, yeah. at least when you, you listen to draft evaluators over the last several years. Yeah. But we've seen now, I mean, the, the, the Raptors, be it Fred Van Fleet or, you know, Danny Green, Malcolm Brogdon, there seems to be this diploma bias that I hope is, is being kind of shaken a little bit here, Coach. I mean, where, where do you come down on, you know, a fresh 19-year-old who's got fewer bad habits versus a 22-year-old proven winner at the college level? The younger guys may just take a little more work. That's just the reality. They, they just they haven't experienced as much. Uh, they haven't been coached as much. 
They haven't had as many game reps. Uh, they haven't experienced the highs and lows of winning and losing as, as a 22-year-old, a 23-year-old. And our team's a very a great example of that. You look at our group and, you know, why was Devontae able to make a jump this year? Well, he had a good, you know, he, he's had uh, a track record. You know, he played four years at Kansas. He played, you know, in, in some high-profile games. He's been coached hard for uh, a period of time. You look at the Martin Twins. Right, they they played some uh, serious games for a number of years. They were more ready um, to step into these roles. Uh, the young guys, you know, it just it just takes a little bit more work, you know, and teaching them how to work, how to be a professional, um, how to grind through the ups and downs, not getting down, not getting too high, not getting too low, and that's very difficult for a young guy. You know, basically a guy that's you know, come out of uh, high school, been in college for maybe six months, eight months, and now you're asking them to step into the NBA world and have immediate impact. It just doesn't, it, it, that just rarely happens. A guy that comes in with a little bit more maturity, they know who they are as a person, as a player, they're 22, they, they've, you know, they've been well coached, they've been in a good system, and you get a more ready player. So, where does that where where do we fall in that? I think at that point, you know, we just have to that that's a factor in in what we'll we'll look at. Are they you know have they peaked out? You know, a nineteen year old, eighteen year old may just have some more legs left in them. Everybody likes the younger player. That's just a fact, especially when you're drafting high. But we just got to find the best player for us, no matter the age. Uh, it will be a factor, but it, we just have to find the right fit for us. And that may come in the second round too, Kyle. I mean, that 30-second mm-hmm. pick, that's a valuable pick for us. Maybe you find a more seasoned veteran-type player there at that 30-second pick. So, to me, that's what's exciting, that we have these three picks. We have some young guys in-house. We have young guys, and we have a little bit more of some seasoned guys um, here on the bone. But um, it's going to be a great process to dig through with Mitch and his group and um, – yeah, I think it's 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 a very important time for us. Coach, I was hoping you'd spill the beans, but I get it. You can't do it, man. I, <laughs> I appreciate the time, buddy. Congratulations on last night. Right. This, this fan base needed this, and uh, I, I trust that you guys know yeah. exactly what you're doing. I can't wait to see what the pick is. No, thank you. I'm excited for our fan base. This, this has really brought a jolt to us, and I think there was already excitement. This just adds to it. Uh, there's great momentum and boost here, so... Uh, We'll dig in and look forward to uh, talking again here soon. Yeah, we'll do it soon. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Coach James Borrego with us on the Technicom Hotline. Good conversation there about last night's big news, the third overall pick. Really, really good stuff there. We'll come back. We'll react to that. Lots to get to. The Bailey Bets coming up in 30 minutes. You're in the clubhouse on Sports Radio FNZ. Thanks to James Borrego, head coach Charlotte Hornets, for joining us here on Sports Radio FNZ. Coming up in 40 minutes, we'll chat with Gary Parrish of CBSSports.com, college basketball insider, host of the Gary Parrish Show out in Memphis. We'll talk some uh, playoffs, some James Wiseman, lots to get to with Gary Parrish coming up in just a little bit. But a good conversation. And on Twitter, I think it was, uh, there was a guy, I think it is, he's, what, at the Rich Cho Show. Love that. 
uh, said KB out here really trying to hype up Obi Toppin to James Borrego. I mean, not really. I don't think coach is going to take my evaluation into account very much. I used Obi Toppin as an example, I think, twice, but uh, I think he's the best example of the debate between the 18, 19 year old uh, young pup star who's, you know, got fewer habits to break and, and all sorts of, you know, blank slate to teach on versus a an older college guy, an established college guy, which has been. By the way, the preference, or at least the trend in, in the Hornets with Michael Jordan at the helm and previously Rich Cho, you know, taking some of these uh, established college guys from Blue Blood programs especially, and now Obi Toppin being a Dayton, he's not a Blue Blood guy, and he's also interesting because he grew, what, four inches, I think, in a year, if I'm not mistaken? I mean, he's he's got a nice all-around game, and, and they've got to add some talent here, but he's got a nice all-around game. And, and Nice probably doesn't do a uh, complete service here. He was the breakout player of the year in college basketball. He was the Naismith player of the year despite the shortened season. He grew seven inches in four years and has a great outside shot for a player his size. I mean, this in this league, you're looking for shooters, right? Well, uh, I, mean, I believe that the jump shot can be improved, and I mean that widely, not just with Toppin. I mean, just generally speaking, we talked about this with Coach Darty yesterday. The jump shot can be improved for the most part. That, that that's that's something that less and less you worry about. But if a guy can shoot, that's a big deal, especially when he's 6'9", 220, like Obi Toppin is now. He is 22 years old. He's a little bit older as a rookie. you know. But he'd be a nice addition to Devontae Graham and to P.J. Washington and the group they have here now. But I also understand those of you who think with the third overall pick that this team needs to take a, a, you know, a, a risk or that's the wrong word, you know, maybe to invest in a guy like a James Wiseman. I get that. I know why that's attractive. I understand why that makes sense for this organization to a lot of people. Because it's 7'1", 240 with a 7'6 wingspan and, and crazy athletic ability. There's a lot to like there. But he only played three college games. And there are some questions about the motor. And, and that's, that's, that doesn't make you feel good. That's the kind of question you don't want to be asking about a top three pick. Some would dispute that. No question. But you don't want to be asking that question. Period. So I, I don't think Obi Toppin should be written off because he's 22 years old. If it's 6'9", 220, you can shoot it, and you can run the floor, and you're a willing defender, I'll, I'll take a guy like that every single day of the week. But again, the, the, the question of LaMelo Ball has come up time and again. And we've talked about it a lot throughout this show, and I'm looking forward to, th- to seeing what Gary Parrish thinks about him. Seth Greenberg gave us, some, I, I thought, some really good insight into how he sees LaMelo Ball earlier. But LaMelo Ball, 6'7", 180. Got to put some weight on him. All right, but he's got a nice wingspan, athleticism. There is a love for the game there that you do like. I, I think most evaluators will tell you that LaMelo Ball really loves playing basketball. But the jump shot's a little bit iffy right now. He doesn't play great defense, but he does have great court vision. That's what you want. And and at and, and 6'7", the ability to, if he becomes a willing defender, if he can prove some things on that end, to guard some of the bigger backcourts in the NBA, to be able to switch onto wings, to be versatile, at least somewhat versatile in that way, he can become even more valuable. So he's a phenomenal passer, especially in the pick and roll. Averaged almost seven assists per game, playing in Australia last year. Has a pretty crazy road. He's walked a pretty crazy road to the NBA. Played two years at Chino High School out in California before his dad pulled him out to play a year in Lithuania, the home of the beautiful basketball. Then he came back to the States and played one year at a prep school before going over to Australia. 
there's been some talk that, you know, the Warriors could be willing to trade off that picket too because, well, they may be eyeing James Wiseman. So could the Hornets be a candidate in a potential trade? Possibly. If they move it all, I think it needs to be up, not back. I, that That is my personal opinion. I know some others have chimed in to say they'd be fine with the Hornets moving back. I, I'm not one of those. I want to see this team make a splash, make a great pick at three, and keep the energy and the excitement in this fan base going. That That's what I want to see happen. You know, and, and then there's the, you got, you got to talk about Denny Avia, the kid from the Euro League out of Israel, Tyrese Halliburton out, out of Ohio, or Iowa State, 6'5, 185, a sophomore, average 15 and 6, actually 15, 6, and 7. You know, really intriguing player in this draft class. Long point guard who played two seasons at Iowa State. A really high basketball IQ. Good passer. Good facilitator. Shot 50% from the field. 41% from three. Before his season was cut short due to a broken wrist. Could be a nice puzzle piece. You know, uh, joining a couple of these teams. Including the Hornets. If that's the route they want to go. So I, I just, there, there are a range of options here. Which is both good and bad because it's maddening. There's no consensus, and I think some people just rely on there being a consensus each and every year because it makes the draft order make more sense and easier to select who the the Hornets should go with at three. But there's no consensus this year. We were just talking about this during the break. You know, Anthony Edwards is a guy that to many people is the lock, surefire number one pick in this year's NBA draft. To others, Seth Greenberg said it earlier on the show, doesn't like his feel for the game, didn't like his basketball IQ. He said he, he thought Tom Crean handled him pretty well, but he doesn't see him as a first overall pick. I'm, I'm kind of inclined to agree with him. you know. But then you, you get the other people again who say, that's, that's the guy. He's the true wing that, that teams are looking for. That's the future of the NBA. That's what you need to get. The Hornets just need talent, man. All right, we got Mark Seidel back in studio. He's been out all week. I know you got some thoughts on this. Yeah, um, well, you know, speaking of LaMelo Ball, uh, you know, you know, people criticize the jump shot and things like that, uh, and 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 defense. Those are things you can fix in 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 the game of basketball. When 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 Jason Kidd first came into the league, they called him Ace and Kidd mm-hmm. because he had no J. Had no J. And when he retired, uh, he was in the top three, I believe, and and three pointers made in his yeah. career. Now he played for a long time, yep. but you know, a, a a shooting stroke and a shot is something you can fix. Teaching defense and and the, and the will to want to play it. Is something you can fix. The, the one, the only thing I'd say to that, because I largely agree with you, the jumper can improve. Yeah. You can improve the jumper. Doesn't mean you could take anybody and turn them into a, a Ray yeah. Allen, yeah. right? So, and I know you know that, but I think for people out there, what we mean is the jump shot can absolutely improve. You can't take Lonzo Ball and turn him into Ray Allen. No, but you can make somebody a better jump you shooter. Can, you, you can make him a thirty-five percent three-point shooter. Sure. Which you know, as rookie year, you know, and you can inform or you can improve the form of, you know, shooting from your shoulder, shoot, you know, you, there's a lot of things you can do to to improve certain aspects of the game now. The not, not, now the want to play defense, that's something that has to come and maybe that comes from, you know, your your first year in the league or whatever, you know, when when you're not showing that uh that effort, you come out and you sit on the bench and and until you um, you know, mature and and, and realize that, you know, you there you have to do certain things to keep yourself on the court. That is, um, that's what's going to happen. And I'm a, I, I'm, I'm not a LeVar Ball fan. I'm not a Ball family <laughs> fan. They, I'm not finding they, too many yeah. LeVar Ball fans these they, days. They, you know, they drive me crazy. But I don't think LeVar, if LeVar Ball is a reason that a that a team or a team or a fan of a team says I don't want that player on my team, 
you're 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 looking at it the wrong way because we can already see the separation between Lavar Ball and Lonzo Ball, and that maybe you know because he's out of L.A. and he's in New Orleans now. But when's the last time you know you you really heard about Lavar Ball? You know, trying to make some kind of impact on. I think I think he was humbled by the way things changed in L.A. with Lonzo. Yeah. And, I, and I think, well, first of all, the organization got tired of it and told him to get away, to stay away, to pipe down. Oh, yeah. There was that. I also think that it's worth pointing out here that, you know, somebody just hit us up on the text line and said something we can fix. Didn't we try that with MKG? Big difference. There's a difference between being a, a spotty shooter with an iffy jump shot and having a broken jump shot. Okay, that's what, what MKG... I, there aren't many jump shots in the history of the game that you can compare MKG's jumper to. Yeah. Okay, so I, I see, where, listener, where you're coming from with that. Oh, yeah. But like, it, there's a difference between improving a shooter and trying to completely transform everything about the way a guy shoots the basketball. And and I again I understand why you'd bring that up. We're not talking about that level of broken jump shot here. And if you're looking for again, you know, somebody to elevate your backcourt to a, to an otherwise you know un, unforeseen level, we'll, we'll put it that way. You're looking at a guy like LaMelo Ball and saying he has elite court vision. As a passer, he is elite. That much I think we have seen from him. Other parts of his game are questionable. But the, the nice, the, the funny thing about LaMelo Ball here is that I think he's the most polarizing prospect in this draft to people that, that, are, that are texting into this show and that are calling this show. He is the most polarizing prospect in the draft. And I think 75% of that comes from him being LaVar Ball's son. I honestly yeah. believe that. Now, that, that's a problem that James Borrego, Mitch Kupchak, and the organization will have to deal with. I mean, the, the, the one side of it is he's a, he's a bit obnoxious. He may, he may be a distraction. The other side of it is, even if you don't like to hear it, Charlotte is a small to mid-market still in the eyes of a lot of people. You plant LeVar Ball here, you know, he starts doing his LeVar Ball routine. That puts a lot of cameras on Charlotte. It puts, it puts a lot of attention on, on Charlotte. Now, you may say it's for the wrong reasons. But it, it does it regardless. It puts the spotlight on Charlotte, North Carolina, and, and it gets people talking about this team in this city in a way that they haven't been. So, again, I'm not, I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying that's the reality. If the next Ball brother, who appears to be the best of the Ball brothers, lands with the Charlotte Hornets, that's going to bring with it a lot of national attention and way more nationally televised games than the Hornets have gotten over the past couple of years. Smoke, what you got? Well, also, I think some other factors that maybe should make people feel more at ease with uh, LeVar Ball maybe not being as involved. you got to remember, LeAngelo Ball's the middle, son, middle child, and he had an international incident that put his son and himself in the middle of national stories to where even the president got involved over in China with UCLA. I think that plays a factor not hearing LeVar as much. He got banned off of ESPN last year. That doesn't that I think that's impacted him as well. And Big Baller Brand has flopped. So I think a lot of that has really flopped to the point where we're not going to hear as much from LeVar or if we do, it's going to be much more subdued. And the fact that uh, Leanne, or Lamello, if he were to get drafted, he would be in Charlotte and LeVar would be all the way in California. I think that could play an impact as well. Oh, oh, no, no. <laughs> no oh, okay, no. that's true. No, 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 no. LeVar's coming to Charlotte. First of all, the former Carolina Panther, LeVar Ball, is going to be around to an extent, okay? Uh, if you don't know that story, by the way, he, ha he, he was in training camp with the Panthers many years ago as a potential tight end. Didn't last long. But LeVar Ball does have some history in Charlotte, okay? So it's worth pointing out, if LaMelo lands in Charlotte, LeVar Ball will have a presence in Charlotte. He, he's not sticking around in California and living the low-key life. He's going where LaMelo's going, at least, you know, part of the time. He's gonna, there will be a lot of media attention on Charlotte 
if they take LaMelo Ball. And I don't know if James Borrego and Mitch Kupchak want that or not, but that's going to be the case. Mark Seidel, what you got? Uh, that's what I was going to say. As, a, as someone in the media, um, hell, it might be a little fun to have LeVar Ball out here in Charlotte. You know, it, 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 you know obviously I'm being facetious, but... Um, it's content. <laughs> yes, it's, it, it, it's content for 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 media coverage, and um, you know, and and also looking at the uh, at the text line right here. Uh, somebody said, and I and I can I'm so on board with this. Don't ever compare MKG to uh, to Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball gets buckets. Well, yeah. Look, that that's what I said a minute ago. There, there's no comparison here. Like that's a broken, distorted mangled jump shot compared to a guy's jumper who just needs to be polished okay there's a big difference really big difference and i continue to insist that somebody just uh, wrote in to say and i agree with this i'm not a lavar ball fan but i'm not going to hold that against Lamelo. if Lamelo can if he can truly ball and he's the best pick for this organization then that's who they need to take period you deal with the other stuff as it comes you're trying to find the best possible player for the charlotte hornets and if Lamelo ball is that draft him and deal with the other stuff as it comes because the goal is to win games and the greater goal is to sell tickets and to keep people entertained and engaged and going to the spectrum center whenever we're allowed back in the spectrum center right that these are the goals so if it's lamello take him if it's james wiseman a lot of us would absolutely love that too i'd be happy with obi toppin denny avia is intriguing but the more nick batum comparisons he draws the less people are interested apparently yeah there's there are options for the charlotte hornets and they've got options for the first time in a while. That's a good thing. We'll come back to Bailey Betts. More on the Hornets, more on the Panthers. We'll take your phone calls and an update on the biggest story of the week. You're in the clubhouse on Sports Radio FNZ. I double it. Triple it. No, everything's about money. You know, networks don't talk about it. Government can't tax it. But sports betting is a $200 billion a year business. Love lady tonight. Here we go. We took last night off for a lot of reasons yesterday. I don't, I don't lay wagers when, uh, when I don't have enough time to do the research, and that was the case yesterday. So we were smart. We just took the night off. Plus, I'm winning again this week, so I had that luxury. <laughs> I mean, 10 and 6 last week, 6 and 3 on this week so far. And uh, barring a disastrous night, well, we, we've got probably another winning week again. Now, if I go 0-3, we'll finish 500. That's not good. Plus, I got a bonus pick tonight. But 10-6 and 6 last week, 6-3 and 3 this week. And tonight, actually technically this afternoon at 4 o'clock, Jazz and Nuggets, game three. Tonight, or this afternoon, over 218. A lot of these overs have been hitting. A lot of these oh. overs. Some of these overs, Mark Seidel, you came from Vegas. A lot of them. A lot of these overs are hitting right yeah, now. I'm surprised that these handicappers keep going low on these totals. Yeah, well, because they're they are getting so high. It seems as if everybody's waiting for defense to be yep. played. Yep. Because it is the playoffs. But ever since the play in the bubble started, I mean, there have been, you know, offensive explosion. I mean, we're talking about old boy from NC State putting up 50 something points, you know, out, out of nowhere. These, you know, there's, there's just, it's just seems as if, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's the smaller arena that, that shooting, you know, maybe is, is, is easier for, for you know, for these guys or things like that. I think but, that's you know, some of it. Yeah. But, but the overs, yeah, there, there have been, it seems as if there's been, a, there hasn't been as much playoff defense as we're used to. No, I agree. So again, some of these totals have been shockingly low. I'll go over 218 jazz and nuggets this afternoon. Also, 
As the Celtics look to sweep the 76ers right on out of the playoffs, Boston and Philly over 216. Surprise that one's as low as it is. Jason Tatum's been ridiculously hot, playing like he uh, should have been an MVP all along. And then you got the 76ers with their backs against the wall. I think they respond. I don't know if they win or not, but I think we get a well-played offensive game on both sides. Go over 216. Tonight, NL East. Phillies and Braves, solid pitching matchup in this one. Aaron Nola for the Phillies, Max Freed for the Braves. First pitch, 7-10 tonight. Still good value with the Braves, minus 125. Give me the Bravos on the money line with Max Freed on the hill. I don't know how dominant he'll be. You can only stay hot for so long. Plus, he's got the weight of the world on him right now, being the only consistent performer on that pitching staff in that rotation. I think he still pitches well tonight. Well enough, anyway, for the Braves to get the win. And the bonus pick tonight is to go over eight, Braves and Phillies. Good pitching matchup. I don't know that Freed will be as sharp. And I think both teams combined to go over eight. You get to the bullpens, maybe a a 5-4 ball game, 6-3 type of game when it's all said and done. The bonus pick is to take the over eight, Braves and Phillies. So to recap, over 218, Jazz and Nuggets. Over 216, Celtics and 76ers take the Braves on the money line. And the bonus pick is to take the over eight in Atlanta and Philly. And those are the Bailey bets. So hold on. What? So so this bonus bet, that doesn't count towards your total? I mean, I guess it could. I don't know. We like Me and Roman Harper used to give out a bonus bet because uh-huh. Rome would come in here and be like, yeah, because he gambles. Yeah. And he's like, I got a pick for you. I'm like, I don't want your picks to count against my total. Yeah. You know, so we just throw the bonus pick in okay. there for Roman Harper. So I, I'll throw the bonus pick in there every once in a while. The first three are the ones that we're counting against the record. I personally am going to go over eight with the bonus pick. Okay. People can take that if they want to. Uh, I'm, I'm not laying that one on the record. If, 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 if it's you making the bonus pick, uh huh, needs to go on the record. It needs to go on the record. It needs to go on the record. I'm fine with that. We can put it on the record. I'll put my money where my mouth is. That, fine. We'll do it. That's that's you know you know used to give the the free bet of the day out out in Vegas and and you know guys wouldn't wouldn't count that really you know, t- towards the record that was you know people you know guys that sell picks for a living and and you know that you get those picks when you pay for them oh yeah but they would always give their free play of the day <laughs> those don't count towards the record no if you're I, I think if you're going if you if you're giving picks out and you're you're the one giving it out stand behind it yeah okay that's fine man that's fine and by the way uh somebody pointing out that christian pache is making his debut tonight for the braves I, I i can't wait for this one plus i i'm there anytime max freed pitches these days but i'm there for that too tonight looking forward to it all right we got matt from greensboro he wants to chime in on the hornets draft pick matt what's going on buddy how are you hey kb uh yeah the sun finally shined on the hornets in the lottery for once uh i wish it uh, shine on charlotte right about now it looks like seattle outside Man, it's, it's going to be off. I'm going to be off the rest of the day, and it's nasty and rainy. and Yeah, I can't do that yard work that I really needed to get done. But oh, well. <laughs> uh, you know, they got to take this number three pick and turn it into a centerpiece, you know. And, and all these guys, you know, the, the possible drop top of the draft, you know, Ball, Wiseman, you know, Toppin, uh, the, the, the Euro guy, uh it's just a question mark on all of them. I mean, if, if anybody thought they were going to be a star, you know, for sure they'd be the top pick most likely. So uh, would you hate if they traded this pick for a established player? Trade, like, you, mean, you, you mean trade back? Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. No, no, not. I trade, see what trade you're saying. for a current player. I mean, there was talk last year about, you know, maybe Julius Randle or, or maybe Ugh, uh-uh. it, it, 
if, if the Sixers, you know, blow it up, then Simmons becomes available. No, no, no. I don't no. know if that will be enough. <laughs> I know those are guys that make you, you know, maybe jump out of your seat, but they are, you know, uh, star, you know, much better than anything we have right now on this team. And that's what they got to turn this three pick. If it's a pick or, or a trade somehow, whatever they get out of it has to be the best player on this team in the near future. Yeah, no, I hear you. I appreciate the phone call, man. Good to hear from you. I, I do not want to see that happen. No. First of all, you want a guy on a rookie contract, okay? You, you want to have control over a rookie uh, before you have to pay big-time money. I'm not trading this for a guy who is either making or on the verge of making big-time money, you know, and, and inflating a, a salary cap or inflating your payroll, I should say. I don't want any part of that, personally. Um, I, I think they just need to stand pat and pick at three. I think somebody else asked me earlier about a possible trade that would acquire, and I don't even know where this one came from. I haven't looked at the numbers on it. I don't even know if it works. But somebody said, well, KB, what if they took their pick, uh, the number three pick, and, and maybe 32 and 56 and traded it to Chicago for Zach Levine and Kobe White? <laughs> no, 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 I'm good. Just make the pick. Okay, just, just, just take the pick. Do your due diligence. Evaluate, scout. Decide who you think is, is the best piece for the future of the Hornets organization. And just make the pick. Okay, go go get Wiseman. Go get LaMelo. Go get Toppin. Take, I don't know, whoever you think this pick should be. All right, whoever you think it is, just make the pick. Matt, and I, I, I know what you were driving at when you asked the question, but when you brought up Julius Randle, I almost I fell out of my chair. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No way, no way. All right, Frank from Waxhaw is up next. He wants to talk NBA draft and Hornets. Frank, what's going on, brother? How you been? Hey, KB, how are you, sir? I'm good. Um. Well, you know what? I, I'm really intrigued by this Weissman kid. You know, he's seven one, correct? Yes. He might not even be doing growing. Yeah. You know, hey, you know, I mean, he could go seven two, seven three. And you know what? And you Frank, know? I don't mean to cut you off. You're, you're so right about that because not only is he big and possibly could still grow a little bit, he carries it really well, and he's so athletically gifted. Like he, he knows how some guys are. They just they don't know how to move in their own bodies. He ain't one of them. This guy is really fluid and smooth. Yeah, and the thing I love about it, too, is, you know, I was watching Anthony Davis last night with his wingspan, you know, being three feet behind the guy and still blocking a shot, and he could help on both ends of the floor, and we need that centerpiece where somebody else wants to come and play with him, you know, to really build the future. But uh, And, you know, if we get LaMelo, then his old man's going to have to – OJ, I mean, uh, MJ will be waiting at the door with a pair of shoes as they lace them up. He's told Stephen A. Smith you could beat me one-on-one, buddy. <laughs> Frank, I appreciate it, man. Good to hear from you. No, I agree with you. Make the pick. I heard Mac and Bone talking about it this morning. Uh, They were going back and forth. I think Mac was really pro LaMelo, and uh, I think it was – I could be wrong about this, but I think Bone was was more pro Wiseman, I think, Smoke. You were probably listening. Either way, I know that Smoke was – or not Smoke. uh, Boney was making a comparison between James Wiseman and Joel Embiid, you know, as as, as what could be the possible, you know, ceiling or, or comp for James Wiseman. I don't know, but what, you're shaking your head, and and I'm not the biggest Embiid fan in the world, but it, it's not because of his ability. If you if you take Wiseman and he can grow into a, a, the the player that Embiid is just from a skill set standpoint, you're taking that all day long. I mean, all day long. If you're telling me that Wiseman could have the same skill set as as Joel Embiid does, yes, give me that guy. Now, there are other issues with Embiid that I think have caused him some friction in Philly that have very little to do with his talent and skill set. But if that's who Wiseman can become, yes, you take him and take him every time. Trade up, flip with the, the Warriors if you need to. Hell, I think they want him. You know, but I, I'll take Wiseman. Absolutely. What do you think? 
Um, I, I just think his offensive game is not as good as nowhere near as good as Joel Embiid or some of the odd, odd bigs that we've seen over the past few years. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I think we've mentioned the Warriors sometimes and what are they going to do? They're the biggest X factor in this draft for the Hornets because even if Minnesota, let's t- say they take Anthony Edwards. Okay, well, LaMelo's still on the board. Well, well, let's say the Timberwolves take LaMelo, even though they have D'Angelo Russell. Okay, well, Anthony Edwards is still on the board. Does that mean, you know, Golden State, what are they going to do? There, there's one or two of those guys that's going to be left. If they stay there, I think they're going to take uh, Wiseman. But they could easily trade out of that pick because of the guys that they already have on their team. And they could, and someone else could take uh, LaMelo Ball. So where does that leave the Hornets? That's... I think the type of stuff that's really going to be interesting to see and Charlotte's going to have to prepare for because it is very well possible that the Warriors trade out of it because they view it as a luxury. I I like Wiseman. Okay. I'm open to LaMelo ball, but I remain fixated on Obi Toppin personally. I really, really like the Toppin kid. I love the fact that he developed, you know, as a six, two player with a jump shot before he grew seven inches and and became a 69220 behemoth and and now he has a skill set you know of a guard in a 69220 225 pound body and i don't care that he's 22 years old i don't care a lick i really don't you know i i think james borrego made some interesting points about that earlier when i asked him about drafting the 18 year old you know barely out of high school physical project versus a more proven and accomplished college player and i thought coach made some good points but he's 6'9", he's 220, he's 22 years old, Naismith Player of the Year. And I'd, I've never heard a peep about Obi Toppin and his work ethic, his motor, his commitment. He's, he's giving you everything. He's Like, when you go back to last year's draft, what were people saying about P.J. Washington? Now, it's a different situation, right? But it was a little bit later. Still a lottery pick, but late lottery pick. Smoke, what was the general reaction to P.J. Washington last year when he was taken? Uh, eh, that uh, was it, right? That was it. But I think people turned out to be very wrong about him. I, I mean, I think that the proof is already to a degree in the pudding. And now you're talking about Obi Toppin again, who's, I think, top five ability, accomplished player. And this diploma bias seems to have been recognized in the NBA to the point where people are saying, okay, it's, it's not a wasted pick to take a 22-year-old as opposed to chasing the 18 or 19-year-old. I love Toppin. Love Wiseman. Open to LaMelo. Still very intrigued by Denny Avia. All I know is the Hornets at three have options, and that's really exciting. And somebody who knows a thing or two, not only about all these prospects, but about James Wiseman in particular, is a guy who is in Memphis these days at 92.9 The Game, hosting the Gary Parrish Show. But longtime college basketball insider with CBS Sports, Gary Parrish, joins us next here in the clubhouse on Sports Radio FNZ. 